The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. comfortable feel at home you know as parents we often say it takes a village to raise our children I know that you know this Knowles and Brock yeah you know it totally takes a village I think um to think that we can do it on your own ever is 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 probably not really true this past year especially I think has made emphasize that um for our family um you know, not having our teachers and coaches and everyone else, counselors and administrators, everyone who helps and friends, you know, just that helps help us with our raising our family. Um, super, super important and grateful for the village. <laughs> yeah, and not only with the day to day things, but just the support as you raise your kids throughout the years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, a, I wonder if it's better, you know, Hawaii has a special culture. So we're always more like about the family and extended family, right? We all take care. Mm-hmm. So that village in Hawaii, I think is special, but it does take a lot to raise raise children, you know? It does, it does. You know, and I have uh, three three young boys, uh, two of them are twins. And so they, and they all kind of came back to back. So it was very overwhelming. And it is nice to know that there are people around you that you can fall back on and that you can ask for help and they're your support system. It's just so important during this time. But, you know, for most parents, you know, high school graduation is the moment to celebrate. But for parents of intellectually and developmentally disabled people, it means that their child is losing that huge support framework provided by the DOE. So what is next for Hawaii's autistic or developmentally disabled teens after high school and what support is available for these parents in navigating towards greater independence for their kids. Tonight, we are shining the spotlight on a special place. It's called Laakea Village on Maui. It's a a special place, a lot of love, uh, the feeling of ohana and community there. We're going to learn a lot more about that tonight. And for that, we want to welcome Flavin Clayton. She's a mother of two. In fact, her daughter, Abigail, is here also joining us. And they're both from upcountry Maui. And we also want to welcome Susan Graham. She's lived on Maui since 1973, and she has seven grandchildren. One of them is Zen, who is also joining us tonight. Welcome to the mothership, everybody. Thank Yay. you. Yay. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you guys here. You know, Flavin, first off, as, as a mom, can you explain to us what I mentioned about that need um, for that, that support after high school? Um, yeah, well, you know, when your child goes to school five days a week and um, for most of the day, and then they um, age out of the DOE, where are they gonna go? What are they gonna do? Um, and community is such a, a strong part of their our uh, differently abled kids' lives um, from the get-go. So, um, you know, there's not a, a lot of options, but there are options and there are resources available. And Laakea is an excellent example of that. Um, especially for younger um, adults in their early 20s. And um, so, yeah. Can you, can you um, explain more about, uh, you know, what, how did you find Laakea? Um, I had run into one of the original founders and I was looking for a place and um, I didn't know about Laakea. I just had happened to um, come across her and she told me about Laakea. Some of the other options are like Easter seals. And then um, there's other services like Beata, um, which Abby did try for a little while. Um, and she, she did get a caregiver, but um, 
it wasn't community-based. And so it wasn't really working because it was just Abby spending time with, you know, one person that was usually older. And so she was, you know, missing um, being around people her age. Uh, so that's why La Akea is, um, is such a, a great resource because they're like, well, before COVID, we used to make meals together and everybody would eat lunch together. You could go and have lunch at La Akea and there would always be, you know, anywhere from five to 10 um, participants along with their mentors, along with staff, along with, um, you know, people that had just taught a class. We had classes going on there, um, gardening, just a lot going on. COVID has changed everything. So we've been navigating that, which has um, been interesting for sure. And it's definitely been um, uh, an impact on, on our differently abled community, COVID, as for everybody. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I wish, well, I'm sorry, excuse me. One of the things that um, makes La Akea different and special is that we have a campus and a lot of the other programs that are offered for young adults, teens and older don't have their own campus. They're in, you know, a building in town or in a house. We have this lovely 12 acres that the county wow. has leased us. And um, the original founders of the organization really had a vision. Flavin and I have come on, La Akea has been around, I think 10 or 12 years. I've only been involved for six or seven and Flavin, I'm not sure about you, but um, the original founders had this vision of an outdoor place, a community place where you would have lunches and outdoor spaces. And it, um, you know, when you live on a place like Maui, you want your children and grandchildren mm -hmm. to be able to enjoy that and not be in a building. So um, I think that's one of the things that really attracted me about La Akea was the opportunity for that outdoor um, community. Right. But I, I, community is the biggest word down there. It's really about friendships. And um, as parents and grandparents, we worry about that. Noli mentioned isolation. Um, there's so much of that when you're raising a special needs child. Mm -hmm. And down at La Akea, they have friends their own age and it's, um, you know, it's their ohana, which is really nice because it can be isolating for them and for the families. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then you know this well, because I mean, as you said that you're involved, but you're also um, the board president at Ma'akea as well. Um, and, you know, I wish that our listeners could see the video that, um, you know, was shared with me of, of all of the, uh, the, the, the spirit and, and uh, aloha at Ma'akea village. Uh, it is very alive, um, you know, with just a lot of activity. And uh, as you explained, it's very outdoorsy. Um, you know, there's, there's, I saw, I think I saw a garden there. So yeah. uh, there's gardening and, and a lot of activities and it, it's great. Um, it, it just must be, make you so happy, you know, as a grandparent or as a mom to know that this is available to you. I'd like to hear from Abigail. How, how do you like La Akea Village? Yeah, it's good. It's in a big family for me. And it's really good to be around lots of people. Even though I'm not always that social, I really you know, I'm my friends. Oh, so are you saying you're shy? You're a little shy. But I guess Lake helps you get out of your shell. Yeah. And what about you, Zen? What do you like the best about La Akea Village? I don't know. Too much fun over there, huh? Do you like helping set up for the farmer's market? Yeah. Yeah. He's a big help when we set up the farmer's market. Some good muscle there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So how often do you do the farmer's market? I saw the video. It looks wonderful, beautiful, natural. Yeah, um, we've only been doing the farmer's market, I think, three or four weeks. Before COVID hit, we had a country store that was open four or five days a week that sold the fruits and vegetables and some other home-crafted and homemade things in it. When COVID hit, we had to close the store, and this has been our first 
uh, getting our feet wet again about how we can do it safely. And so we have the farmer's market set up outside the store. So we have, you know, the outdoor space. And we've also been really fortunate. We have um, several people that are volunteering and another guy that's helping with the farm. So we have, um, I'm terrible at spaces, but at least a half an acre, three quarters of an acre wow. of actual farming going on right now. So wow. we have, um, plenty of vegetables for our farmer's market. So only four weeks, but let me put a plug in. It's every Tuesday, 11 to one. Um, they are harvested that morning. You won't find fresher vegetables anywhere. And we have a pretty um, wide range of radishes, daikon, kale, long beans, cabbage, the whole works. And the participants help set up and um, participate in whatever way they can, so. And also that's the, um, our, the La Kea Village is on Baldwin Avenue, which is where all of the bikers that um, go on the bike tour up to Haleakala, they come right by our um, uh, farmer's market fruit stand. So we get good traffic there too. And, you know, if anybody's trying to find us, just come down Baldwin Avenue from Haleakala. <laughs> awesome. Do you guys ship to Oahu? <laughs> Any products? Yeah, but um, yeah, we're up to all kinds of stuff. One of the things that I'm hoping that we can do that involves Abby, Abby got her food handling certificate a couple weeks hey. or a month ago, um, and we'd like to add uh, juices and teas and stuff because mm. when those bike riders go down they're thirsty and I think we, we do sell coconuts and sometimes they'll stop and you know drink a coconut but I'd like to expand to juices and Abby and, and a couple other participants I think have their food handling certificates so we're hoping to do that. That'll be perfect timing with the, the weather going to be heating up soon for I mean, as we head into summer too, right? So that would be perfect for like ice cold drinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as you know, with more visitors also coming to the islands and that's mm. a popular spot for them to ride past. And is it true Abby wants to make special cookies too? <laughs> Get some experience with cookies. Yeah. I think you want to say more about your cookies? Um, but they're gluten-free, dairy-free, and grain-free and nut-free. They're, they're chocolate syrup. Wow. Into sugar stuff like the packaging, making sure people are allergic to chocolate chips and stuff. And what's it called? Hmm. Are these cookies? Are these rockstar cookies? Are these rockstar cookies? Rockstar cookies. You love oh, they're delicious. You forgot to mention delicious in that description. <laughs> Very good. Just just the way that you're describing it made me think about it. <laughs> I want to try some. I know, like we're happy to sample it, Abby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think about shipping to Oahu or other and we'll, we'll buy yeah. some from you guys. <laughs> Love to try it. Yeah, you know, um, my two boys suffered from uh, chronic ear infections, and so they had, um, you know, uh, loss of hearing early on. Um, and so we um, had, uh, we were grateful to receive services from Easter Seals, but uh, there's a certain period where those services run out, uh, the free services that is. And is that something that you encounter as well? Is there a certain time where there's a cutoff when you are eligible to receive free services? And is that the challenge there too, of finding those types of services provided by the state? Um, well, it takes a it takes a, a good year of doing paperwork um, to to get services beyond the DOE, um, and you just have to really be diligent, and you have to be on it, and you have to keep asking questions and keep filling out forms. And um, Susan, was that your experience as well? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Uh, mine was about six to nine months worth of process. It's through the Department of Health, the Disabilities Division. And it's um, funded by the Medicaid waiver program is what they call it here in Hawaii. And so they do assessments of your child and figure out how many hours they need of support and help and skills training, I guess, is another way of saying it. And so they give you so many hours and they fund that. They, so La'akea's income is based on Medicaid waiver hours that our participants get, but it is, um, 
you know, it's a state run things and they're understaffed and it's, you have to follow the process and it's always a, um, it, it, it's, and they reevaluate you every year. And so it's, it's a lot of paperwork. It's not as easy as school. It's, it's a bit more challenging, but. But I would say for any parents listening, um, it's worth it. And, um, and ask other parents that you know that maybe have gone through the process for help or support or encouragement and don't give up on it because it's a, it's a really great resource. And um, it's, it, yeah, I, I would say just keep, keep at it and ask for support and help. <laughs> so, so Flavin, when would you recommend, and Susan or Susan, when would you recommend parents who have uh, different abled uh, children in high school when would you recommend them starting to look for these types of programs and, and um, services? When should they start even applying or? Yeah, my experience is that I started when Abby began her senior year um, and she finished out her senior year and then um, uh, children with um, differently abled children or with disabilities, they can stay in the DOE. I think they can stay at high school until they're 20. Um, maybe 21. So they can keep staying there. Abby did not want to. She, all of her friends were graduating and she said she wanted to graduate too. And um, she had to go back for a fifth year of high school um, until uh, for the first semester of high school before we got approved for um, different services. Um, so that was our experience. And mine was very similar. I think you can start applying for Medicaid waiver when they're fairly young. I, I, I think I know a couple of teenagers that started in their 13, 14. So there are services available earlier than after school. But I was the same way. Zen said, you know, I'm a grown up now. I don't need to be in school. <laughs> and um, I applied his senior year and got it shortly after that. How critical is it to have constant support uh, this sense of community, why is it so important? Because of the isolation we talked about earlier. Um, you know, Zen and I uh, live alone. We're the only two in the house. My husband died a couple of years ago and my children and his cousins are all doing their own thing. So uh, Laakea and the mentors provide friendship and community, which is it's huge. Otherwise, Zen's world is very small. It's just me and whatever interaction he might have with my other family members, which are busy, have their own lives, you know. Um, so it's super important to have the friendships of the mentors, the friendships of the other participants, and that community. You know, pre-COVID, Laakea was a bustling little town in and of itself. We had a country store, we had a kitchen that served lunch, we have a community center, we've got a garden and farm. And so it's a whole mini village in a way. So it, it's really important, um, particularly for Zen and I, because it's just the two of us. And Flavin? Yeah, and also the other thing that we had there was we had we had classes, we had yoga classes, we had Zumba classes, um, we had what other classes did we have? We they were making um, organic dog biscuits that we would sell at, um, you know, we used to have the Fridays, the first, second, third Friday, so we'd get a table and we'd sell the homemade um, organic dog biscuits. Um, and there was nonviolent communication and there was hula. Yeah, hula. Um, nonviolent communication, which is kind of like a, a, a learning emotional skills of speaking and things like that. So, um, and we did move some of that stuff online, like the Zumba and stuff like that. But um, yeah, same, same thing. The other thing I would say about um, an intentional community is that, um, like Susan said, people get really busy and, and kind of in the um, neurotypical world, things move fast. <laughs> and so um, one of the things that you notice when you kind of step on campus at La Akea is things slow down, which is really nice. And it also is a speed that I think is a little bit um, easier for uh, differently abled people to um, 
participate in and have things at a little bit different pace than, uh, you know, kind of once you step off the campus, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, um, I'm curious to hear what, what have you noticed specifically uh, the benefits or the impacts that Laakea has had on both Zen and Abigail? Well, well Abby has, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, you go, go. Um, Abby has grown tremendously in her independence. Like, it's crazy. Like, there was a point when me and her dad just thought, well, we'll always take care of Abby. She'll always live with us. We'll always wash her hair. We'll always help clean her up. And she does all of that for herself now. Um, and recently she moved into uh, La Akea's group home, which is called the Melly House. And so now she's not even, she still comes home on the weekend, but she's not even living with us. And um, also just standing up for herself. And um, yeah, just it's a lot of really a lot of independent growth. Do you think, Abby, is there anything that you think that you have grown since you've been at La Akea? Well, yeah. I mean, I have, I have a new, I have a new boyfriend now, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we grew up a lot. I mean, I, I just, I came to La Akea with Mackenzie and then paired up with Tasia and then yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, she does just so much more stuff for herself than she used to. And for Zen, that's, um, you know, I'm his grandmother. So the age difference is even more pronounced when um, Flavin talks about her and Todd thought that they would always care for Abby. When Zen came to live with me, I was acutely aware of the fact that the numbers, you know, I am not going to be around um, for the second half of Zen's life. And I wanted to make sure that one, he got some independent skills and two, that he had a family an Ohana people that he knew. And um, he's probably had three or four different, maybe five different mentors um, at La Akea. So it's a good um, experience for him. You know, when you live with a person you get a second language. I mean, Zen can look at me and I'll go, oh, he needs this or he wants this. And so having him be with other people helps increase his communication skills and his independence and helps him learn how to connect to other people. And that's a skill that he's going to really need to know when I'm not around to, you know, prompt him or to help him in certain situations. So for me, the amount of people that come into his life because of La Akea, you know, Abby, and they come up here every other Wednesday to my property and have, you know, a picnic. And so there's, you know, six, eight, 10 people. And that's a big group for Zen. So for him to be used to that is really important to me. Gosh, Laakea really sounds like a special place. Where, where specifically is it located again? It's on Baldwin Avenue. Um, it's about a mile up from Paia. So Paia Town, the main street that goes through it is Baldwin. It's about a mile up Baldwin Avenue. Okay, okay. Uh, my mom uh, was born and raised in Kula, Maui. So uh -huh. I'm familiar that's with... Right. <laughs> oh, that's, that's where right. you live. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's a that's it's, a magical place too. <laughs> it's about twenty minutes from Kula, and it's twenty minutes uh, from Kula. Yeah, it's about twenty minutes from Kula, and it's um there's a school right next to us, Doris Todd School, and there's a gym right across the street, and it's twelve acres, um, beautiful ocean view. I mean, it's just a spectacular piece of property, and uh, we're very grateful to the county of Maui yeah, and to that's, the original founders. That's. Laakea is almost a rarity, I, I have to say. I, I, I don't think there are many similar facilities or places like that. Um, there might be something, there, there's probably something on Oahu that's similar. I'm sorry, I'm not as versed in it as I probably should be. Laakea is based on a model that's fairly popular in Europe and there's a few on the mainland um, called Camp Hill. They're Camp Hill communities and they're mostly farm-based, which is 
what we're loosely based on too, which is sort of the philosophy that no matter what your ability, there's always meaningful work for you, whether it's a simple task or a more complicated task, there's always something for someone to do on 12 acres, you know, with a store and a kitchen. So can um, students from Oahu go and, and register? We to are open to visitors and to people coming. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, with COVID we've got, you know, we've got to watch our numbers and stuff, but um, even here on Maui, we have a Baldwin Avenue is an amazing avenue. It's got several schools and one of the schools up the street from us is a Montessori school and they have a, um, I don't know if it's their philanthropy club or just another group of middle schoolers, but they usually come down once a month and volunteer. It's how they get their volunteer hours. So we try to uh, connect in the community and if they are willing to come down, it's a great opportunity. It works both ways. One, our participants get to interact with other students and have people they can host on their terms. Um, but it's also really important for neurotypical children to become more comfortable around people with special needs. You know, I'm so old. I grew up in an era where um, people were institutionalized. You didn't see blind people. You didn't see deaf people. You didn't see people with any kind of special needs. And, you know, when um, it, it takes people a while to get used to how to feel comfortable around a special needs person, as Flavin was saying, you know, sometimes the pace is a little slower, their response time can be slower. Sometimes they'll want to talk about something that is completely off topic from what the rest of us are talking about. And it, it can unnerve people, even my own family. It took a while for them to um, feel comfortable around Zen. So um, I think it works for people who come on to our property to, you know, get used to people with special needs. And I think that's really important. It's yeah, really important. And I want to say that also it's really normal to feel that way. So a lot of times people feel like I feel uncomfortable, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do or, you know, and that is, it's, it's okay. Because um, I've heard that sometimes special needs people, they bring up our vulnerability. You know, we're so busy, like getting the house, getting the car, getting the new job. And when we meet somebody with special needs, sometimes it reminds us of, of our own vulnerability, our own smallness. And so there's an uncomfortableness and that's okay. And, but if you can kind of stay with that and hang in there a little longer, you might find that there's kind of a, a peacefulness that comes over you in not having to try so hard. So um, yeah, I really love that you said that Susan. And I really want people out there to know that it's okay to feel uncomfortable, just hang in there a little longer and see you know, if, you, if that changes for you. And, what, and, and one of the great things about having our campus is our participants are comfortable there. It's on their turf. They're very comfortable. They're the, hey, come join us. And it's such a difference than when they're out of their element. I mean, they joke and laugh and tease. When we have our morning circle Zoom calls now, you can barely get a word in edgewise. You know, they're all cross talking and having a good old time. And, and so it, that's wonderful to see. You know, that's really, I love that. <laughs> it must be loud when they're on Zoom. <laughs> it is. <laughs> What are the what are the age ranges of the participants at Lakea? Um, I think Zen is one of the younger ones. He's twenty, um, and we actually have a gentleman living in the house that is in his sixties, I believe. Um, but our main group is twenty to forty. That's in that range. Uh, most of our new participants, at least in the past, came out of the high schools. So we were, you know, they were starting at 18, 19, and then, you know, some of them have been there six, seven, eight years. So we're aging up a little bit. You know, um, so much the, the word need has come up in this podcast. And you mentioned the need for housing, the need for these types of services, the need for uh, a community uh, to continue to sustain their lives and livelihoods and continue the learning process. Why do you think 
that there is such a need out there, does that mean that the needs are not being met um, either by the state or community leaders or not enough awareness? Uh, what do you think should be done? You want to feel that one, Flavin? The need is so great because their independence is the thing that needs to be worked on. And the need is great because work opportunities for people with special needs is pretty non-existent. I have heard the statistic and please don't hold me to it, but that only 3% of people with special needs find employment. So one of the things that um, we have a wonderful organization here on Maui called Kalima O'Maui that specializes specifically in job training. Um, Laakea is trying to work in that area. Um, also, I'm sorry, also by, um, you know, like Abby getting her food handling certificate and having the kitchen and the store. Zen likes working in the store. He likes stocking things. He likes bringing things up on an iPad. So we are also working on helping them get job skills, but without job skills, without being able to earn money, um, you know, their, their activities are limited. Where they can live is limited. What they can shop with, what they can do is, is very limited. So I think one of the biggest things would be for business owners in Hawaii to understand uh, the need to employ people with special needs. And in the case of our participants, they come with a mentor who is helping guide them and making sure. So you kind of get two for one, you know, and there are jobs out there that they're very capable of doing and they're, you know, wanting to work and to contribute. So to me, that's a big one is job opportunities is a huge need. Housing, job opportunities, and real friendships, you know, people that, you know, just call up and say, hey, Zen, you want to go to a movie, which is so normal and so um, unthinking for most people, you know, hey, let's go see a movie. You don't think twice about it, but for our kiddos, it's a little bit different, so. Flavin, it's your turn. I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Flavin. Um, why do I think there's such a need? Um, yeah, I just would say that the, 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 the resources are limited and the amount of people that need the resources is greater than the amount of the resources. So. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was curious too, if, you know, for our listeners, um, is the funding just through the state and are there ways that other people can assist with that as well? Well, we are a nonprofit. So yes, oh, okay. there are yes. always ways to <laughs> help a nonprofit organization. We run an annual campaign. There, we're always open for don donations, not only monetary donations, but also we have a lot of people that come and volunteer and that helps us because more stuff gets done and you don't have to pay people for it. Most all of our funding comes from the state and that's always fairly precarious because state funding, you know, they're in a budget crunch right now. So we don't know what will get cut and what won't. So it's a, um, it's a tough organization to run because it is all funding from the state. We're very grateful. I don't want to say that we're not because I know there's needs all across the board here in Hawaii. Um, the difference is, is that our population doesn't have the same ability to create their own wealth and income that others do. And so we are very dependent upon the Department of Health and the mm -hmm. um, state for that. But um, that's what pays our mentors and that's what runs our organization, that and a lot of really generous donors. If I could ask um, Abigail, Abigail, what's your, what's, what are some things that you are interested in learning more about? Learning more about, um, 
or or maybe that you want to get better get better in well i am working on my on my scene for my author career and my public speaking yeah abby likes to give speeches she loves to give tours at la akea she'll she loves to explain to everybody what's going on there and and um she's uh she's been a spokesperson um out uh in the community when we when there's been fundraisers and things like that she likes to she loves a microphone i was just gonna say i've heard abby mm -hmm. on open mic night at la akea sing so would you like to, not to put you on the spot, Abby, but would you like to, to sing a little tune for us really quick? Uh, okay. Um, maybe. Um, all the pain I finally knew, all the thoughts be back to you, best, but was never said back and forth inside my head. I can't handle this confusion. I'm unable to come and take me away. Yeah. yeah, Abby. The karaoke award goes yes. to Abigail. <laughs> okay, what about you, Zen? Can you share with us, Zen? Um, what are some of the things that you, you really like to do? And is there something that you would like to share with us about that? Remember, you got to talk. They can't I, see. I don't know. Um, do you like comedy? He's a man of few words tonight, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, he does like comedy. I think someday he, he's quite the comedian. He would, we, we used to try to write jokes and he would practice doing stand up, but um, I think he's going through a fairly shy stage of his life right now. But he's oh, that's normal. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> that's normal too. But um, you know, I wanted to also ask Flavin and Susan if you could share some any any really eye opening or memorable special moments that you were able to witness while at La Akea that uh, our listeners would be so grateful to hear because they're not there to see those special moments. And what are some of those moments that you were able to witness and you just held dear to your heart? Well, my favorite thing is Morning Circle when it, I mean, I love the Zoom calls, but when it was on campus um, and and be, and because there were so many people that you could drop in, I usually tried to go on a Friday and it was just from nine to 9.30 in the morning. And um, some people would be off campus, some people would be at the Morning Circle, but the the laughter and the um, just the, this, the wackiness and the silliness, and then also just the tenderness that you get to see the interaction between um, the participants with each other and the mentors and um, it, the morning circle to me is where you get you in a short amount of time, you get to really experience um, kind of like what life is like on that campus and, I, and it's just really special and we're doing the zoom ones we just do the zoom ones once a month. So we still get to do that a little bit, but I miss the doing that on a regular basis. And that's just one of my absolute favorite things. It, the same thing can happen at mealtime, uh, at lunchtime when everybody's sitting around, but somehow in the morning circle, everybody's a little bit fresh and kind of ready to go. And you just never know what, who's gonna say what or who's gonna do what. And, um, and, and there's kind of this feeling of being able to, um, like I said before, you know, we're all trying to, fit in and be our best. And somehow when you're in this atmosphere, you kind of feel like, oh, I just get to <laughs> let down <laughs> and, <laughs> and be myself because everybody else is being themselves. Um, so I would say that's really my, my, it happens all the time, but it's, it's my favorite. I miss, I agree with everything you said, Flavin. I miss morning circle so much. There's something about it that was just, delightful you know and you can so it's the most accepting place I've ever been I, I mean you talk about unconditional caring and friendships like you know some days people are not having a good day and sometimes they are having a good day and it's all fine we're all there you know you can have a bad day and we're all like oh somebody's having a bad day and somebody's having a good day it's it's a very um sweet slice of life in that half an hour and I love lunch too but I'll I'll mention one other thing at Christmas it's not Christmas specifically it's a winter 
festival that I'm sorry, I don't know more about, but it's a, where each participant lights a candle and walks in this spiral and then they walk in the spiral and in the center there's a candle and they light their candle and then walk back out the spiral and put it down on the ground where there's a spiral of garlands. And the day starts with everyone being rowdy and talking like a morning circle, but as each person lights their candle and then sets it down again, the room gets quieter and quieter and quieter until there's just this beautiful spiral of lights and a room that was so rowdy earlier and is now just quiet and everybody looking at the lights. It, Flavin, have you been to one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't know. There. I wasn't there, was you, I? Yeah, you went to one. Remember you lit the candle, we went together and you put it down? I remember. Good. Um, no, I, I don't remember. Oh, well, hopefully we'll get to do it again once we're out of COVID, but it was, um, I don't know, something stuck with me about it. It was just a beautiful, experience yeah it seems like um, we also have a giant swing and so it it anybody can come and sit on the swing and so it's kind of nice to just i mean you get to be a kid again kind of like just even Mm -hmm. in a jump on the swing (laughs) um yeah so anyway just want to throw this and you know what i wanted to ask oh go ahead abigail you want to say something the swing as 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 me as me from the last thing they were on it. Oh, well, it broke probably recently. We'll have to get it fixed. Okay. It really? Oh, man. You know, you you folks have to be on lockdown. And unfortunately, you can't enjoy all the activities like you, you did before. Is there anything that community businesses out there could offer up to maybe even hold a Zoom session to interact you know, with the participants at Laakea, is that a possibility? Can that be set up? And if so, how do they go about that? We are really adept at Zoom calls and most of the participants have completely gotten over their shyness about talking on Zoom. So I hadn't thought about it, Stephanie, but that's actually a really good idea if we could find, um, you know, other civic groups, uh, even a best buddy group or another school, that, that would... That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, because I mean, these days, um, you know, they brought a lot of cooking classes or do-it-yourself classes to Zoom, and uh, it's you you follow along as with them as they demonstrate it, and I'm sure that that would be very engaging, you know, and stimulating as well, and helpful, and learning something new and fun. Yeah, um, I was just on a call earlier today. One of my um, nieces is working on a cooking and nutritional um, online class and Flavin I brought it up to her and just said well when is it going to be done because I think that would be awesome for the house it's something that we have a monthly coffee talk with parents uh, at La Akea and one of the big topics a couple months ago was nutrition and food for our participants because they're young adults they get to choose what they want to eat and learning the right choices and how much and how to cook is a big part of their independence. I mean, I, I know I said it before, but because I'm a grandparent, I'm not going to be here forever to cook for him, you know? So he needs to understand food choices and how to cook. And I, I would, I'm hoping that my niece comes out with this program so we can share it with the Melly house and our participants. And one other thing I wanted to say is I believe that we're giving walking tours. Um, we are. The new thing that we've started doing. So um, if, if um, a parent or a few parents wanted to come and have a tour of the campus, I think we have three scheduled coming up. Um, I, I'll have to check on that because it's a, a new thing that we're just doing. But um, if there's any parents out there or any caregivers out there that are interested, you know, please contact La Akea. Come visit the campus. Come check it out. Yeah, I've, yeah. I was wondering too if there's opportunities for families or parents who are grandparents who are who are on neighbor islands or not on Maui that maybe don't have access to a special place like Laakia. If there was like an online way, if they can't get there to for a walking tour, if there's an online way to check it out and just see really what, what it's all about and and that magic that happens there. And then my my other question, to, other comment too, was that. It'd be really nice to see. It'd be really cool maybe to have that. They have the farm and that farm to table 
what you folks are talking about is really, really cool. I think for anyone to, um, you know, learn that you have all that resources there with the farming and learning how to cook that and get it to the table would be really, really interesting and awesome, I think. But yeah, I was just wondering really about the neighbor island families, if there's an online way to check it out and get a walking tour, maybe. Um, there are, yes, is the simple answer. We can do that. Um, there, on our website, I think that they have a link to the small video that you all got to watch, which is just a three minute general video that they can watch. Um, recently, we had a visit from the um, mayor's office and they did a really sh nice video that they posted on the County of Maui Facebook website. So that gives you an idea just of what's going on. But if anybody wants to call us from the Outer Islands, we'll, we'll get creative and figure out how to do it. You know, I mean, with technology, it's not mm -hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. So yeah, be happy to, to do that. Well, you know, we always like to end our podcasts with an inspirational quote or quote that's meaningful to you. Flavin, would you like to share yours? I did not prepare. I completely <laughs> the inspirational quote. Uh, <laughs> Maybe maybe, maybe maybe you and Abigail can come up with one while we ask Susan. Okay. Oh, well, great. Now I'm busted. <laughs> I can come up with one. Well, they oh, said you know what? what? Wait a minute. How about this? Is is there an inspirational quote or some sort of a quote that uh, they always, uh, you know, read off or, you know, at La'akea or... Well, yeah, what I want to say is I, I don't know the exact um, thing. I think it's on our sign, but there but there's a difference between um, caring for people with special needs and being with people with special needs. Do you do you know what our sign says? Um, it, it's a no terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But you it, can it, edit this part. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, a place. Oh wait, Abby just came came okay. up. With Go ahead, Abby. Abby. Oh, this is right now. Keep me from playing the game. You want? Did you guys get it? No, oh, I, I got the tail in. I got the tail in. Say it again, but slow. Don't let the fear of playing now keep you from playing the game. Don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. I like oh, that. That's a good one, wow. Abby. That wow. is pretty good. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I don't think there have been any strikeouts here so far, except the forgetting of the inspiration. But Flavin, Susan, um, Zen, and Abby, thank you so much for, you know, what my takeaway tonight is there's a feeling of unconditional love, acceptance, and friendship. Um, that we want for all of our kids and grandkids who we, who we um, you know, want great lives for. And you guys are doing that with Log Camp Village. And, you know, I'm, I'm so glad we got to learn about you folks. And I hope that this provides more exposure for families who need them or just to reflect on, you know, how our world, I wish, would be, you know, unconditional love and acceptance. So thank you guys really appreciate the opportunity thank you so much and yeah we are a bunch of dreamers at La Akea because that's the world we want our kids to to be in thank you very much yeah thank you thank all of you for joining us and for your time I know everyone is busy um, but and also for shedding light on and reminding all of us that that's really at the core of how we as humans we all need to be especially at a time like this but you know just I hope I hope that our listeners also have learned a lot and if they are um wanting to volunteer or help out in any way you know it's such a worthy um special place uh so we appreciate you guys educating us on and sharing a part of your the special place that you guys are a part of yeah as i mentioned yeah as i mentioned before my uh, mom is born and raised on maui and so mm -hmm. we're on there um often and i know that maui is such a special place that's why they say maui no ka'oi but you know, just hearing you share that little slice of uh, heaven, it sounds like at La'akea, it sounds so beautiful and you definitely piqued my interest, you know, and I'm glad that you guys shared that video with us and also, um, you know, spending here some time with you and talking about that uh, community feeling and what it provides for both Abigail and Zen. 
I, I, it just makes me happy to know that Laakea is there. So thank you so much for just sharing that with us and, and opening up Laakea with us. And one more thing, we have a beautiful butterfly painted on the oh. front of the store. So look for the wings when you're driving down Baldwin, the big red butterfly. And you can come and take a picture and hashtag at Laakea on your Instagram and promote, uh, let people know about Laakea. So We'd love to see you and host any of you. If you ever come to Maui to visit your family or for any other reason, please reach out. Yes. And Abigail, I want to hear more of that singing, man. I mean, if there's like a talent show or something, please send me the link. <laughs> I really am. That's awesome. Yeah. By watching YouTube videos on my iPad, everything from home. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, awesome. we awesome. did. I don't it, do we uh, if we're running over, please just cut me off. But I would like to tell you, you guys probably are familiar with the Weinberg talent show that they do for adults with special needs. Uh, it has a name. Flavin, do you know it's the Weinberg no. something and it's been on television. They host it. And one of our participants, a young man named Christian Chow, played the piano and uh, won one of the awards they they give out. I think there's 10 of them that are on the television show and Christian played the piano and won an award. So we have some fairly talented people in our in our Ohana over here. And Christian makes jewelry that we sell at the country store. Wow. Wow. Beautiful oh earrings. Do you have yeah. a website where you yeah. shop where people can- uh, Just gonna ask that. Yeah. On yeah, our Okay, yes, yes, that would be amazing. I would definitely yes. check that out. All right, guys. So you heard it from Abigail. And also thank you so much, Zen, for being with us, Susan and Flavin as well. Keep on doing what you guys are doing. And we want to see more and hear more from you. And as you heard from Abigail, don't be afraid of striking out and just stay in the game. Right? <laughs> I hope I got that Absolutely. right. Yeah. But that is yeah. a great well, thank you so much for sharing uh, Laakea Village with us, everybody. And uh, to all of our listeners out there, much aloha to you. And thank you for being with us on this episode of Mothership. Be sure to check in with us on our Facebook page. That's M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P. And also hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to do it for us. Signing out. Aloha. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you, guys, so much. Take care. Aloha. Yes, we're going to break up. Yeah.